What up, what up, what up? What's up, y'all? This is the Fire This Time Podcast. I'm Akita J. And my name is Sonny Teray. Brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. And welcome back. Welcome back. You are now welcome to episode 50 of the Fire This Time Podcast. 50. 50, Aki. 50. F-I-F-T-E. We're going country. We're going country, baby. Two E's at the end. Two E's at the end. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to go. We're going to spell it all the way out. Yes, sir. You know what I'm yes, saying? Sir. We welcome y'all back uh, with us again. You know, this is the Fighters Time Podcast. For those who know, like, subscribe, and share. It's time. Podcast. Just look it up. You'll find us. You know, on most major uh, platforms when it comes down to streaming and things of that such nature. And uh, we just happy to be back here to give y'all the heat this time. Um, as usual, you know, giving y'all the facts with a little, you know, Negro, but educational and intellectual twist. So, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we, we, there's so much material, so much shit going on. The fire never going to stop burning, I kid. Never stop burning, baby. You know what I'm saying? That's how it goes. That's how we like it, though. You know, that's how we like it. So, uh, tell me, um... What we got for this week, son? This week, we're going to be talking about um, the Rico cases, you know, caught by some of the hip-hop artists, uh, ATL this year, last year in Florida. We're gonna talk. We're also going to talk about uh, some other hip-hop shit, you know. Uh, no, nah, actually, Aki, talking about some rap industry shit. I ain't saying you ain't going to put that on hip-hop. I ain't saying hip-hop industry no more. I'm going to say the rap industry, you know what I'm saying? We making a difference, you know what I'm saying? Uh, differentiation, if yeah. you will, Aki. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about Sukiyana. I don't know if y'all have heard of Sukiyana. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Mm. So the, the name of this topic is going to be Sukiyana and Dystopian Coochie. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ain't never heard them words together, Dystopian Coochie, we're going we gonna to tell you why. Just wait we for that. We created a new term. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're also going to be talking about, uh, you know, B. Simone's uh, recent... Uh, Disrespect Thank you Aki Of uh, Martin Luther King And uh, also an- Some updates uh, On Black Lives Matter You know And uh, You know The misgivings You know you gotta look out For baby daddy Shit Oh my god <laughs> You're right Aki Throw gotta, a little meal You know what I'm saying Make sure you know what I'm saying The rims on the car Yeah <laughs> Things like that and uh, of course, you know we're gonna uh, also touch on you know some of these recent tragedies. We talked about uh, Buffalo uh, last episode, and another recent one that just happened this week that we'll, we'll be talking about here soon. But we're gonna start off uh, on a good note, Aki, and reflect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always good for us to have a moment to reflect. So uh, this is episode fifty. Yeah. Uh, a half century of episodes. You know what I'm saying? A half hundo. We need to get that little stick on the on the bottom fifty. <laughs> Gold. A little half hundo. You know what I'm saying? Red, uh, black, and green in the background. And uh, you know, uh, so let let's start there. You know, um, you know what has the journey so far doing this podcast together? You know. What stuck out to you as far as what you learned, you know, and and also like what have been some of your favorite topics I mean, that uh we we've discussed, you know, or themes, you know what I'm saying, that we discussed over the link. I mean, you know what I'm saying, um I definitely have enjoyed it. You know, just what we doing is shit that we sort of re- regularly do when we just sitting down just kicking it. You know, so shit, it's not like 
it's something super um different, you know. Um I pretty much enjoy all the subjects. Like it's funny, you know, we started off, you know, a certain way, um, you know, as a podcast and we've changed up a little bit, but uh like all things it evolves, you know. Um but um for sure, you know, we touching more on the black men's issues and stuff like that now. Um, but we still, you know, doing what we do. I mean, you know, I'm more concerned because, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm more happy because, you know, we said about, what, two, three weeks ago we was going to get a new beat machine. Mm-hmm. You got a new soundboard, yep. you know, slash beat machine, whatever you, you know, we use it for multiple purposes. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to, uh, y- y- y'all going to see how we work it in continually. You know, we we, we getting we going to get some sound effects and things for y'all, so. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely been enjoyable, and you know what I'm saying? We just, you know, we up to 50th mark, so we're going to try to go a little harder after 50 and make it prosper. That's how I'm looking at it right now. How you seeing it? Uh, I mean, same here. You know, same, you know, I echo everything you said, and uh, definitely, you know, what I have written in the notes, you know, is uh, Fire This Time is is an anti-colonial black male intellectual space for niggas. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. You know what I'm saying? I like that. And it's not every, you know, I guess black man is going to be tuned in or tapped into what we really trying to do with this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there might be some, you know, grievances on both sides, you know, yeah. or on multiple sides. You yeah. know, I think you got some, you know, very scholarly brothers that, you know, might not like how casual we are with some subjects. Mm-hmm. And then you got some overly casual niggas yeah you know what i'm saying that uh i've closed themselves off to you know the real intellectual digging into these issues or just ain't really you know paying attention to these issues and, yeah. and, and don't care to care yeah. much about politics or you know mm-hmm. certain pieces of the history that we touch on so but uh we feel like we're doing something you know positive you know what i'm saying for you know not just black men and black people, you know. Yeah. I, I think we're talking about issues from a black male's perspective, and there are mm-hmm. many people interested in that. I know some of our biggest fans are black women, so shout out to the queens out there. Gotta for sure. Love, love sisters. And, uh, yeah, definitely appreciate all the love that we've gotten. And But, yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I, I think how we are able to combine, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, uh, I guess, the scholarly, with mm-hmm. the street, you know what I'm yeah. saying? With the with the street yeah. level view of things, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you got to you know, give you know a, a, a black intellectual understanding with the hood reality. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think a lot of oftentimes, you know what I'm saying? Um, people in the hood are fortified with survival knowledge, but not necessarily that knowledge that allows them to overcome those things and do it as a group. Um, and we don't really claim to have the answers to that, but we definitely are willing to have that conversation. I got I got all the answers I can. <laughs> so you got all the answers. Yeah. And Be honest with you, we got all the answers. I should say as a people, we do. We have all the answers. Everything that we have needed to do to be totally free and to run our communities and, you know, uh, honor has been given by our ancestors and even some contemporaries too, so... You know, we definitely have everything we need, but we just got to start implementing. So I definitely like that. You know, we've we given it to them on a street level, a hood level, you know. Mm-hmm. And you don't really get that too much because a lot of times in the academia, they can't come down to the street level. And the people that's on the street level can't come up to the academia. So, we, you know, he's like that place where they can meet at. 
yeah, oftentimes the the folks that speak the most to being, you know, I ain't throwing no shots, but hood feminists, trap feminists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Bondo feminists, like <laughs> <laughs> trap house feminists, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, they're the ones that are taking ideas foreign to the community that were not birthed into the community and see it as their job to re-educate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really on behalf of our enemy. Yeah. You, you know, that's how they are looking and, and tuning into our community. Uh, you know, but I feel like we, we're a voice of the people. We're a voice of oh, the yeah. streets, you know what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. we still down here. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, we still down here. So, you know, that's 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 what we like to be. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's where you want to be, you know what I'm saying, with the people, so... You know, I think we're gonna do some some big things coming up. You know, for sure, for sure. I'm in agreement. I'm in complete agreement, Aki. And uh, but you know, let's uh, let's keep it moving. I know we're short on time today. Uh, and let's touch on real quick this uh, you know tragic situation that occurred recently. You know, in in Texas. Um, so yeah, Aki, going to take it off. You know, as far as. Uh, you know, I guess for those that might not know of who have, you know, dug into it. Yeah. You know, maybe some of the basics of, of as what occurred. It was a school shooting, you know. Yeah. Um, it was a situation with a young man, um, Hispanic um, young man. Um, he had um, had, a, I guess, a falling out or whatever with his, uh, I think, 66-year-old grandmother. And uh, he shot her and killed her. I mean, no, he shot her. He didn't kill her. He shot her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't kill her there, but she did die later. Uh, I I don't know if the grandma died. I don't know. You know the grandma, the grandma died? I don't know. I know the grandfather's still alive. Right, right. Yeah. I, but I, I think when, when, what we've seen, they said the grandma was in the hospital recovering. Gotcha. Okay. He shot the grandmother, and um, in the pursuit of the police chasing him, he wrecked his car, and he ran into a school. Uh, elementary school and uh, he went inside the elementary school and um, was in there for about 40 minutes mm-hmm. they said 40 minutes to an hour um, 40 minutes and um, they finally uh, or he finally uh, I guess or in that process of 40 minutes he executed 19 kids and 19 kids, including two teachers in no, that 19. No, 19 kids, I think, plus two teachers. 19 kids plus yeah. two teachers, yeah, okay. Tw- it's 21 total killed. Yeah, okay. And, uh, you know, he was in there for a while. Like 40 minutes. Like, like we're learning. The police, I believe, barricaded him in the classroom where he did the bulk, if not all, of his executions at. Yeah. Uh, I think most of what I'm hearing is most of it occurred in a single classroom. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, blockaded himself in the classroom where he shot the kids. See, we, I think we're still learning about that. Did he block himself in the classroom, or did he have plans to go to other classrooms? And he was barricaded with he he was barricaded in, in that classroom. It, it could have been the case. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I know they're saying that the um, regular police didn't go in. Um, they had the border patrol. Those are the guys who went in and got him. And um, when he first initially got there. The, the officer that was already pursuing him from the grandmother situation, they pursued him in there. They exchanged some gunfire, and those guys came back out. And then you had this 40-minute period. So. Yeah, and 
I, that can be even up because we've heard various different stories so far. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we definitely heard various stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what we're hearing, you know, he had outgunned the policeman. He had, he had an AR-15 rifle. Yeah. You know, policeman, you know, basic carrying weapon is a pistol. Yeah. You know? So they was outgunned in that sense. Even though there was multiple, they could have came from multiple directions. But, you know, what do I know? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I wasn't in there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, of course... You know, we heard a lot of things when the story dropped that, you know, I, we, we've we heard three different stories about he was apprehended, he was killed by the police, yeah. and also that he killed himself. Yeah. So we done heard everything. And I, and I wonder, uh, you know, what exactly happened once they got up in there. You know what I'm saying? You go, I mean, this is, you know, of course, graphic, but, we, you know, we're going to keep it rugged and raw. You know what I'm saying? You go into a room, you know what I'm saying, somebody just taken out. 15, nearly 20 children. They say he killed all 19 children in that yeah. one room. Well, well no, uh, don't forget there was a young lady that was in there. Mm-hmm. The fourth grader. Mm-hmm. She got shot, but she didn't die. And you talking about, okay. Remember we seen the story with the young lady that was in the room. She mm-hmm. put the blood on herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember now. So I, it might have been that all of the kids didn't die, but 19 kids in the classroom died, you yeah. know. For sure, um, which is tragic. We, you know, if you, of course, you can probably go online and see the pictures. For sure, and my point was the police might have went in there and seen that scene and took his ass out. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? They oh, might, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They, they might have been. He might have damn near surrendered. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not against the police. I understand. Uh, like fuck the you know police tag for a second. I mean the school. We talking about a school shooter. You know somebody that's going in there. Man, when you talking? That's a whole different. Like ball game right there. For sure. And I you, definitely you, understand why somebody might have just marked his ass. You pull a move like that based in justice of nature. Nah, you, you yeah, you, you, fuck, you fuck with the children like that. You, you know what I'm saying? If and we gave you to the family doing the ancient style. Oh, uh, you would have been hanging. <laughs> they would they would have got rid of you too. So oh, yeah, they would have yeah, for sure. But uh, big uh, you know, prayers up. You know what I'm saying? Definitely sending the prayers, positive energy to that community. You know what I'm saying? The parents, the friends, the other people working the school, the whole community. Yeah. They're going through it right now, and uh, especially each victim's family. It's yeah. the, the parents that lost children, that's an unimaginable uh, tragedy. Yeah. And, um, I mean, real quick before we, you know, jump topics, uh, there's two things I want to hit on. One yeah. is the police response, and number two is gun rights. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Th- those are also two issues arising from this, and that you know we're going to see a lot of the discourse, you know, surrounding this, you know, jump off there. Oh yeah, you already know. So, uh, you know, as far as the police presence, I'll start there, then I'll let you take over to start off the, the gun rights talk. Mm-hmm. So, police presence. You got parents, you know, what I'm saying that show up on the scene. You got the family, you know, what I'm saying this is a school right in the middle of the community. Yeah, this ain't sitting on the highway. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying separated from the community. People, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of these children are probably walking to school. Yeah, you know one, what I'm one guy, the one guy story we heard, his daughter died. He was like, the school was in their backyard. It was literally in their backyard. Unimaginable. Yeah, unimaginable. Mm. You know, uh, but you know, the police are not able to, you know, I guess meet them firearm wise. You know what yeah. I'm saying in that battle. And he was also wearing Kevlar, but no, no plates in there. Yeah, and uh, so. 
Kev, I mean, you, you get shot without a plate, and you got Kevlar. I mean, mm. is, Kevlar's not going to stop even every handgun bullet without a plate in it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And let alone they had anything big or any bigger caliber, caliber on them than a 9mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Anything bigger than a 9mm is definitely going to do well against Kevlar. You yeah. Know what I mean, even if the bullet's not going all the way through it, you're stopping somebody mm-hmm. doing some damage. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, parents, I mean, th- there's videos, right? Parents yeah. outside of the school looking at the police saying, go in there, go in there. Why aren't you going in there? Yeah. The, the shooter's still in there inside with his guns, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, around children. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, we're, we're waiting for facts to come out. But I think I've I seen a lot of the discourse online go the direction of, uh, you know, this is what we've been saying. Police are, as an institution, cowardly in that sense. They protect property. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But as far as them putting their lives on the line to, uh, you know, that this is just where I've seen a lot of the discourse go. You know, yeah. uh, people questioning the effectiveness of the police and, uh, you know, really drawing, you know, I guess saying this is why we got to protect our own. Some people have been saying that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, anything on, like, the, the police presence and police response, Aki? I mean, um, well, it's ironic that the Coast Guard, I mean, uh, Border Patrol and the feds had to come in instead of the police. You know, I mean, the police were there. And from what we seen the footage, um, when we seen the footage of the parents out there pretty much pleading with the police to go in, these guys were armored up. Like, they had vests on and stuff, you know? So they were equipped to go in there. Um, I think that... I think that the first response probably could have been a little more aggressive. But then, you know, to do battle with an AR... Is something when you got just pistols. I admit, you know, you only got so many clips. Police officer only, I think, carry a spare, you know, unless they near their car. And I think when he went in there, I think, I don't, and, and I, and you know, we don't know those details, but he could have, you know. I, I think a lot of this is going to, my apologies. I think a lot of this is going to revolve around uh, the conditions by which. He was fortified in that classroom. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like, because I can understand if if cops, you know, if he already did the damage in that classroom. Yeah, like I'm thinking, he already came in. He came in. He did his damage, and then got stopped in that classroom. Yeah, and you know, the then the the biggest police thing was we're going to evacuate everybody. Yeah, we got him in this classroom, and Mm -hmm. we just waiting for I guess to get the rest of these kids out. And eventually they're gonna go in and do what they're gonna do. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that's and that's what they did. Yeah. They, they entered the classroom at some point, but it took 40 minutes, 50 yeah. minutes. And see, the border patrol got there. They went in when they got there. See, that, I guess we're gonna, we, you know, that, and that's what I heard too, Aki. So we're yeah. gonna learn more as we yeah. go. You know what I'm saying? But, but, it, but it would make sense that they would be willing to do that because you got to understand, border patrol and Texas, they deal with a whole different type of, you know, they dealing with cartels. Mm-hmm. You know, they used to that type of gun battle. So they come in equipped with AR-15s, they self, <laughs> mm-hmm. vest on, and everything. Um, but, you know, out of that, out of this whole tragedy, you know, of course, the gun rights um, conversation pops up again. Um, I'm a firm Second Amendment man, uh, I believe. Um, 
that is a right that is definitely needed. You're a conservative. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm a conservative. If that's what they want to call it. I'm a I'm a Robert F. Williams uh, <laughs> right. advocate and practitioner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm definitely in support of uh, personal arms, legal personal arms. Um, with granted, with you know, training. Um, but um, this conversation pops up, you know, um, and the conversation around guns and abolition of police, that type thing, you know, these conversations start popping up. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we need trained, you know, um, officers, if that's what you want to call it, because I don't really believe in the current police structure and system. Mm-hmm. But um, we need people that are soundly trained and willing to make the sacrifice. You cannot be... Because as a, as a police officer, you're to some extent, you're still a professional soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just doing it in a city sense. For sure. Yeah, I think, I think part of the solution is... And I, this is in the framework of saying, you know, with the educational type of program that we need, like we need black schools, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And we got to dig into that, you know, independent black schools, ideally. But uh, in those black schools, we got to protect the children inside of them, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm like one entrance schools, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know, we got a lot of army veterans, military yep. veterans in the black community, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, who... Uh, you know, want nothing more to feel valued by their community. Yeah. And uh, that's one easy way to do it, you know. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I ain't going to say it's easy. I mean, it's probably the wrong language to, to use. But, yeah. you know, I'm just, you know, I guess just throwing stuff out there as far as, you know, what what does a response from us need to look like? You know, yeah. this is, you know, a time for reflection. You know, that's almost all we can do. Yeah. And all we should be doing and, and, and I mean, reflecting as well as preparing. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, to respond fully to what, you know, you brought up, Aki, I'm also a Second Amendment supporter. And uh, I don't think the solution is uh, let's get rid of all the big guns. Let's get rid of all the rifles. Mm-hmm. You know, AR-15 is a semi-automatic rifle. Yeah. So we're going to get rid of all semi-automatic rifles. Mm-hmm. That's fucking extreme. Yeah. So people can only have handguns. I mean, and this is slippery slope. I mean, aren't, aren't they eventually going to take those two? Yeah. If we take, if we 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 take and ban all, it, so uh, real quick, like, nah, the solution. You know, what I'm saying we got to get away from seeing the solution as the government protecting us, the government, the government having a, having a fur, a further monopoly on weapons. Mm-hmm. No, we have to take the bigger step, the more dangerous step, but the more courageous step the more black nationalist step and lean into how do we protect ourselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Militaristically, you know, from tyranny, from uh, from violence, we'll from white white nationalism. We'll see, that's the catch. See, I hate to say it, sometimes white people use their right mind. And if you listen to white people, when they came up with the whole concept of putting their second amendment in the constitution, you want to know what that was supposed to be for? To kill Make sure tyranny can never rise up. You want to know why? Because they came from British monarchies. And how they got down. 
And the common people, they was they could institute laws under the monarchy that the common people could not have weapons. Thus, you could not raise up and rebel, even though it was tons of rebellions in Britain. So when they came to the United States, that was a checks and balance that they put in there, supposedly, to make sure that the government can never get too corrupt or it could be overthrown. That's why they still got the concept of militias in the Constitution, and they never went no damn well. You know, it's still there, just in case the government gets out of order and the people choose to rise up, they are legal in their rights to be able to rise up. Now, they was never expecting niggas to be free. Right. But they did their little, I still don't think we're free. That's why I got to say that. But um, No, you're exactly right. And there's probably millions of white people that if they're not part of militias, they are in close proximity with white militias. Let me tell you something. I didn't met them. I didn't met these folks before. I, I didn't met militias. They got blacks, whites, Mexicans, and everything up in them. For sure. And they got 200 acres of land somewhere out in the country with pits dug in the ground. They having mock missions. And they and they and and they set on it. So and the shit pop off and shit go down, you know what I'm saying? The fall of some shit happens. You know what I'm saying? They got hundreds of people, if not thousands, and they network that is gonna They be, ready. You know, <laughs> they to, ready. To be separated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they that, ready. If if needed, they 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 able to be separated and protect their separateness. You know what I'm saying? Uh, based on whatever principles that they choose. And, you know, I, we can't, you know, just overly rely on the federal government to protect us. Yeah. As capitalism has fallen, as yeah. this country has fallen, as we see our key, the house is burning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is part of the reason we named this podcast New uh, The Fire This Time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we see the fire this time. Different, our keys. Different. Yeah. yeah. Especially in this digital age. So, so yeah, our key. Uh, I'm right there with you. You know, we yeah. we, we gotta uh, we gotta protect ourselves, and yeah. you know, things are gonna get more dire. Like I say, research or research Robert F. Williams, mm-hmm. and he had an excellent solution that he was using. With he now, that's just taken into account. He was going within the legal means to do it, and even though he did go within the legal means to do it, they still came at him. Oh I yeah, mean, we would never promote any illegal activity on yeah. the Fire Time podcast. I mean, but I mean, we already know how they do, and. They still came at him. Man had to run out the damn country. But look that man up, and for sure, you know what I'm saying, you that leads you to a lot of other people who chose to defend themselves instead of relying on the, the feds to do it. Um, but that also requires um, men and women willing to step up and fulfill those roles. Oh, yeah, and you're exactly right. The government is not going to be able to stop the increasing disillusionment that people are having with this society. Yeah. It is the cause of the disillusionment. Yes. And that disillusionment is going to grow and it's going to, the violence is going to grow. Yes. You know, that's just, that's a a scientific fact of this society and where it's headed. You know what I'm saying? That's coming from study. That's coming from... Bro, history uh, tells us that America has went a long time without having rebellion. Like, literally. Since the time when the United States was found in 17, but around, even not even before, but before it was found, around 1775, 1776, the, the world was having rebellions and wars. We had one civil war. 
it was other countries having wars then. France was beefing with Britain then. You know, so it's been a long time. So the bureaucracy, you already know what it is. And there's there's a, a particular facet of maybe all governments, you know what I'm saying, all white, I don't know, all colonial governments, but there's a certain praising of the Constitution, right? Yeah. In this country. Yeah. And uh, we have to consider that as far as so-called first world countries, yeah. we're the newest one yeah. as far as like we were most recently made a nation. But we also have the oldest constitution. Yeah. Out of those countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I was teaching a class one time. No, I, I'm sorry, I was a student in the class one time, tripping. And uh, you know, the question came up. You know, we need to rewrite the constitution because we were studying how when it, how it was made, when it was made, what it included, who was in the room that be able to write it, and who wasn't in the room. Yeah. We was talking about all that, Aki. And this white woman said, I don't think we should rewrite the Constitution because how could we ever agree on who would be part of the committee writing it, part of the group writing it? We would never be able to agree. What is my first response to that, Aki? We didn't fucking agree the first time. True. There was no agreement the first time. True. I mean... So it really shows you it's ingrained in white folks' heads, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This uh, entitlement, you know what I'm saying? And, that, you know, we're going to, uh, you know, history is basically over, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Development is pretty much over. America is the end-all, be-all. I mean, America, it, its constitution is ideal in Eurocentric culture mm-hmm. because the United States was the first country to ever efficient, um, efficiently break down the monarchy but spread it out amongst white men. Mm-hmm. So what you see in the United States Constitution is them breaking away from the English monarchy and then taking that same monarchy but spreading it out. So now you got a judicial system, legislative system, you got Congress, you got the Senate, you got all this different stuff. All white men now, but all white men then. Now they got Negroes there, you know, in there too. And so they just pretty much took it and spread it out. But the reality is, is what do white men like to do? They like to war. Mm-hmm. And they like to war with each other. And so that shit's not going to hold up too much longer. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, you use it to the best of your benefit here and now, but you can't depend on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think sometimes that's what happens with black folk here. We've been here for so we've been here since this bitch was started. So it's like some people have started to rely on that. They can't get that critical race theory understanding yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When they get that, then they be there. And you're exactly right, Aki. And you know, we talked about critical race theory before, how some people don't understand it or just, you know, use whatever pop. Di- you know, racial discourse mm-hmm. references to help you know keep their relationships comfortable with white people. Yeah, and uh, you know, but you know, as as we transition the topics now, you know, I want to transition into what B. Simone said about Martin Luther King, and this is you know for me just gets into how a real critical understanding of the world that we're living in, mm-hmm. of each other, of our history as black people, yeah. has been distorted by different white theories. 
you know what I'm saying? The the really the intellectual oppression in in you know really infiltration, and that's and of course this is what Franz Fanon, who we always talk about, mm-hmm. said is the first you know uh, 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 act of war of of colonial powers against yeah. the colonized is to turn uh, colonized women against the men. Yeah, right. So and we talked about this on previous podcasts. Uh, in case you're thinking that, oh my God. Yeah, check out our previous podcast where we talk about this, uh, mm-hmm. especially um, the ones on Fanon. So, but so B. Simone doesn't like Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. So we're gonna play this clip and then discuss it. All right, y'all. It's B. Simone is a black female influencer, uh, you know, and social media personality. I, I'm not, I'm not really sure what else she's into. Who got called out for writing the Forge book? Okay, so she's a plagiarist as well. Yeah. Let's see if we can get this popping. Is the man that fought for freedom or the fact that he was cheating on his wife? Jesus. I'm going to give you this example. He's a great father. He's a great businessman. He's a great CEO. He's an entrepreneur. He's such a boss. He's a boss. Look at that man. He's a boss. He's a a great father. Look at him, that strong black man. Look at him being at his kid's game. But you're cheating on your wife. You're not a good husband, but he's great in all these other aspects. How are you a great leader, a great CEO, a great black man? You're not, you're not great. You're not not great. God, you're not. That is triggering. Yeah, for sure. I'm a good dad. You're not a good dad because you don't respect me. How the fuck you showing these kids you a good father and you don't respect their mother? You're not a great dad, my nigga. You're an okay human. Someone being a good person to you. So that show you right there, Aki, just how black minds have been infiltrated. We've, you know, been given the stimuli, the programming to react to, you know, these uh, to to black men generally as hypersexual, as unloyal, as, you know, savage, you know, less than men. So, you know, when they put out the stimuli that, you know, and this is, we're talking about what B. Simone is referring to is COINTELPRO FBI lies and propaganda about Dr. King, which has already been exposed by Dr. King's family and researchers, right? <clears throat> this idea that Dr. King is uh, a womanizer cheating on his wife, you really need to study what Coretta Scott King, she came out in response and spoke directly to those accusations. But then you have B. Simone, who now is in 2022 saying Martin Luther King was not a good person, was not a good leader. This shit's crazy, I keep. You know, because uh, not a good father because uh, of what the FBI said about him, and I believe it. You know, why is a black woman believing the white FBI so easily about black men? That shows you how colonized we are. I, I, I have to say this. And, you know, I come from, I come out the nationalist camp. I'm in the nationalist camp. I'm in black power. And I can honestly admit at certain stages in my knowledge of self in in black power, I've heard people say some disrespectful things about Martin Luther King, you know. But anybody who studies and reads long enough, we do have to admit that what he did here for his people we probably wouldn't be where we are right now, you know, without him there. The same way I feel Malcolm needed to be there. Same way I felt that the Panthers needed to be there. 
that combination package that was getting thrown at this system needed to be there. That component needed to be there. You know, I may have not agreed with all of his viewpoints and his methods, but the man took a bullet for the cause. He took ass whoopings for the cause. Go tell your grandmama that Martin Luther King wasn't a great man. Now, I'm in my 30s. I remember if you went in, and this is in the South, if you went in a black household, you seen a picture of Jesus, John F. Kennedy, and Martin Luther King on the goddamn, on the wall. If you was in a black one, you seen Malcolm, Elijah Muhammad, <laughs> and Garvey on the wall. What the hell have we come to? Were you questioning an elder? Martin Luther King is an ancestor now. He, his life already solidified his ancestor status. You know what I'm saying? Like, his wife didn't have no problem with it. His wife stayed married to him. His wife clearly came out and said, you know, I'm reading, I'm looking at the interviews right now. Yeah. That scandal, she says scandal sells books. Yeah. Fidelity does not. True. And uh, she was sent tapes from the FBI. Yeah. Of Martin Luther King having sex with other women. Mm-hmm. And that's the evidence that B. Simone is, is relying yeah. on. Tape do, recordings. Do you know what else the FBI has done to de- <laughs> We got tapes of the FBI trying to set Malcolm up. We heard that. Me and you both set up in here and heard that. Yes, we did. Yes, Where we they, did. He, they, his, his people was wise enough to bug his own crib. The, the FBI wrote to Dr. King and asked him to kill himself, right? Yeah. Or we're going to expose you. Why do many of the mainstream black feminists sound like the FBI right into Dr. King now? That shit just don't make no sense. Like, like, um, shit like that gets you ostracized. I mean, you you see, yeah. like like that gets you put out the community right there. Like you know what I'm saying. And I, it's crazy because I can think about it. Like me, 15, 20 years ago, I probably wouldn't have gave a shit about somebody saying some crazy shit like that. I would have probably co-signed it in my youthness and my ignorance of the movement. But now you see how misled a generation is, how stagnant a generation of movement yeah. making should it. Yeah, but we wasn't been. even saying that though. I ain't gonna front. We we wasn't saying that. You know what I'm saying? We gave him his respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? We gave him, you know, we didn't agree with him, but he, he, you know what I'm saying? He he, he did what he needed to do, what he felt what was right, and, and the way he did it. He put his life on the line for that. He took an ass whooping for that. You can't, you know, you can't come on that. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Now this shit, that's that infiltration of white feminism transformed into black feminism radicalized to the 10th power with some ultimate black misandry all up in it. Just It's just all nasty. Like, you question... He dead and gone now. I don't get it. But that's what passes as politics now. You know what I'm saying? Because this, you know, feminist concept of the personal being political. I think she did that shit from views. I can't. I mean, no, no, no. I, I think she really believed what she was saying. And the reason why I say that, because she couldn't be that dumb. Brother, 
You have I, I, For you to get You know that She that dumb my key We're we gonna keep it moving But yeah B. Yeah. Simone is that dumb Okay uh, You know And so we So B. Simone Has all these Negative things to say About uh, Martin Luther King You know Rest in peace mm-hmm. But uh, Is she talking about The Black Lives Matter uh, Founders just every week now, more and more is coming out every about week. how they was thieving. They thieving ass. Thieving ass. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all the way straight. Yeah. With it. They thieving ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, you blowing money on people and shit. You know? So we got the news came out. BLM founder Patrice Cullors paid her baby father 970000 For those that it's not good with numbers, that's about 30000 That's about your yearly wage away from a million. Nigga, that's a million. <laughs> I'm not even... That's a million. If we right. riding that off to the nearest... Right. That's a million. That's a million. You know what I'm saying? For And th- paid a million for creative services. This nigga was an event planner made a million. <laughs> wow. But hold on, what services have they provided? That's a... The, her brother was paid 840000 I'm going to round that one up as well. That's a million. That's a million. Yeah, that's a million. She said, I'm not paying no child support. Actually, I don't even know who has a child. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, she paid. I guess she that that's her child support though, and forty thousand to the baby daddy. Yeah, that's my mother. That's some. Wow, you gave out two million to your closest homies. You know, what I'm saying your baby daddy. But see, a lot of people. You see, some people even in uh, of course, more. I, I I've seen it online. I keep, but I've also heard it some in person. You know, what I'm saying so. It is there. I've heard people say, well, other people, you know, there are other people that get the bag, you know what I'm saying, in similar ways. Why can't we do it? Why can't black folk do it? It's now black women's time. Black women have been kept down. Black women have been so suppressed within the black community that now it's their time, it's their time to get the bag and lead how they see fit. So we need to shut up our key. We're misogynistic because we're critiquing uh, leadership. And we can't call it bad leadership because it's new leadership. And we mm-hmm. had to give them their chance. And now it's all about expression, Aki. <laughs> so as long as people are expressing how they feel, we don't we don't need to look at the material conditions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And actually, I agree with Patrice Cullors, Aki, when she is crying about tax forms mm-hmm. and when she runs a nonprofit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That that is oppression for her, isn't it? Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm, th- th- I, I know. I'm being ironic here, but this is off the deep end shit that we're being asked to go along with. I mean, uh, it's like this, man. You know, y'all been foul, been living foul. You know, every week, like you say, I kids some new shit coming out. It's probably gonna be some new shit next week. You know, you know, you got Candace on running up on you. Running up on your doorstep. That's some shit we see in the hood. Like, I don't even like seeing that in the hood, Aki. I done seen that before. Where the 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 the, the female that ran up on the other female doorstep in the doorway and got the boxing. She ran up on your doorstep to just ask you questions. You got online, you cried, you know, you went through some things and you know, felt unprotected, you know. Safety and things of that such nature. Well, I mean, I'm saying you paying your baby daddy two two million dollars. I mean, a million dollars. Why well, he ain't over there protecting? Aki, I made a little mistake, Aki, and didn't bring up something in the last segment. But I feel like we can fit it in this segment. What's that? We're talking about 
either mainstream black feminists like B. Simone or the scholarly ones like Brittany Cooper, you know what I'm saying, who, you know, we have to critique. We have to learn a language to critique, you know, critique these people, you know, uh, this class, right? Oh, brick, brick. And uh, so in terms of the school shootings, right, we also see this anti-black misandry, yeah. you know what I'm saying? The school shooting, uh, on that note, Brittany Cooper says some of the wildest shit. She said, you know, basically talking about all men, right? You know, that's the common white feminist, black, and now mainstream black feminist concept, right? Talking point. We're going to lump all men together. All men benefit from this patriarchal society, right? And men in this sense is deracialized because it, white women like it because that further supports colonization of white supremacy. If we can lock mm. black men in, at least rhetorically, discursively with white men, we yeah. can better convince black women that they're our sisters, mm. despite the fact that we're colonizing them. Yeah. Right? So this is uh, a central aspect of colonization when it comes to feminism. So uh, Brittany Cooper participation in this, because she's talking, we're seeing white, uh, uh, the sh- white shooter in Buffalo, you know, white mass murderers, you know, all the time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the one at the school was Hispanic. Yeah. Uh, but now you don't, you, you're not, we're not hearing the same thing for black mass shooters. Black, yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's not as that's not a thing mm-hmm. uh, like we're seeing with white. Yeah. Uh, in the white community. But Brittany Cooper wants to talk about how men, including black men, are being radicalized. And her biggest point on all these things is we need to include black men in this conversation about men getting radicalized, right? And, but white mm-hmm. men are getting radicalized by the white nationalist yeah. uh, uh, community. Yeah. Black so black men are not ac- have access to that. Yeah. Didn't the white shooter kill and seek out to kill black men because of their white nationalist, white supremacist beliefs? Yeah, black men and unfortunately black women in the shooting. Yeah, black, I, but he I, but his letter right. aimed at black men. Exactly, the manifesto uh, had a bunch of negative references directly mm-hmm. towards black men. That was my point. Thank yeah. you, Rocky. Uh, so yeah, this is what Brittany Cooper says. Child, while these other folks are having convos about the radicalization of their men, we should seriously have a conversation about the online radicalization of ours. And of course, Mark Lamont Hill supports this with exclamation parts, uh, points because he also doesn't have an anti-colonial gender theory, yeah. like theoretical framework mm. to help him resist this, you know, really oppressive, uh, feminist, uh, discursive regime that we're experiencing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the discourse that white feminism controls and and black is black feminist subsidiary. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's it, dang, it's taxing. You know what I'm saying? And thankfully, some people responded to this, you know what I'm saying, responded to Mark Lamont Hill's retreat of it. And uh, Thought Scholar, somebody, uh, you know, to check out on Twitter, and also Rennie, uh, Teray on Twitter as well, they responded. Something that Thought Scholar said, to be honest, seeing you co-sign this, speaking to Mark Lamont Hill, is extremely disappointing. White academia has a vested interest in propagating the narrative of men in quotes, men as a universal sign to obscure what is happening to our people. Cooper is classist, and I doubt she will ever speak to black men outside of her class. And then uh, they go on. I mean, she's comparing Kevin Samuels' tattoos to white nationalist symbology. I think that's what uh, Brittany Cooper's original thing yeah. was about. So she compares somebody, a black man getting a, uh, a uh, Kevin Samuels, Samuels tattoo. tattoo. 
she compared it anagulous, you know, in an anagulous way to white nationalist symbology. Yeah. Kevin Samuels, it doesn't even make sense. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. because there's a certain intra-group critique of dating patterns, yeah, that's not oppressive in the way that we're talking about. Like, but see, for her, it would. For her, she would look <laughs> at it that way because you already know the the, the conversation that he's having. Right. She ain't gonna like that. She ain't gonna like that because. It's gonna make it's gonna cause her to be hold herself accountable. Hold herself accountable. And narcissists don't like being held accountable. Like being held accountable. You know what I'm saying? I'm not putting that label on nobody. I'm just saying it's a it, 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 it's a many reasons why people reject messages. This society produces narcissism. You know, narcissists are elite society can very easily control narcissists yeah. because they get the, the this elite elites dole out the motherfucking things that narcissists want. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So they they control the resources, you know what I'm saying? Not just material ones, but there's other resources that narcissists are looking for. You know what I'm saying? Positive reinforcement, attention, you know, this belief that you're the most important, the most oppressed, the most deserving. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Society is doling that out too and, and creating narcissists that are pursuing it. Yeah. So uh, we living through some bullshit. So Brittany Cooper, another day, she says, so while I was not attempting to compare black men to Peyton Gendron, that's the guy that shot up all them black folk in Buffalo. The 12 people in right. Buffalo. Rest in peace. So she said, I'm not attempting... I, I, while, while I was not attempting to compare black men to Peyton, uh, when I made a flippant uh, response to a friend's post on here, I absolutely mean what I say about the internet radicalization of black men. Y'all not become mass shooters, but you're still a possible threat. What the fuck? So in whatever space they... Like, these people will take whatever space they can, you know what I'm saying, before they just jump off the logical, you know what I'm saying. In my opinion, they already have the yeah. the, the, the logic cliff. Some, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going to appear just as reasonable as they can. But, uh, the, and, you know, they're going to make their anti-black misandry that yeah. they've been conditioned to accept and they benefit from accepting. That's a straight shot of anti-black misandry because it's like, okay, we are a threat. Your sons is your threat. See, I think the biggest, the biggest, you know, sign of ignorance is in this is like she harms herself. You know what I'm saying? When you're comparing, this go back to like that same quote when they were talking about black men or the white men mm-hmm. of the black community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that type of shit. Comparing us to our, our our oppressor, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, you compare us to our oppressor, but you make your oppressor the standard. I got one for you. Black feminists like Brittany Cooper are the white women of the black community. <laughs> I, I like that. For sure. I like that. Yeah, sure. I like that. So, you know, we're going to keep it moving, Aki. And, uh, Put that on the T-shirt. How are you doing on time, my kid? I mean, we're going to keep it all the way around the podcast. We you good, sure we good? We yeah. got another 10, 15? Yeah, we got a little 10, 15. All right, we're going to talk about Sukiyana. Wow. Uh, we know that Aki is from the Carolina, so he liked them Tar Heels. <laughs> <laughs> I was saving that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why that was on there. I was like, why the fuck did he put Tar Heels on there? I did say that last week, but, man, that's that, man. No, no, 
Now I'm not gonna get that to sisters in North Carolina, but so Sukiana's artist from I'm not sure she's from Atlanta, from Georgia, where she was at before that. Maybe Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami. Yeah. She's a Miami Atlanta artist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think there's a certain uh, uh, industry. You know what I'm saying? That frequents Atlanta and Miami. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in the South, but uh, she's an artist, black woman. Does rap. I ain't gonna say hip hop. We're mm-hmm. talking about the rap industry now. She's signed to uh a TV production company as a musical artist. You know, we looked this up, you know, I think it's like Lewis or one Clark, uh, yeah, something like that. Uh y'all look it up, you know what I'm saying? It'll come up, you Google it. And uh, you know, we're gonna get into, you know, some of her videos. You know what I'm saying? We watched two of them, The Get Low Freestyle and Food Stamp Ho. And uh, But why don't we start it? Let, let's start it on some deep shit, right? So this is two years ago. Mm-hmm. The songs that we're about to play are recent, more yeah. recent than what than this than this interview or this, uh, I guess, talk that she was given, monologue she was given to her fans on social media. But uh, before we get into her music, you know what I'm saying, let's get into, you know... What she had to say. So, okay. My apologies. Here, here it goes right here. I want to tell y'all I apologize, and I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, but as far as this music stuff, I won't be doing this music stuff anymore. I started this because this was my dream, and, you know, I wanted to make sure I could get me and my kids out the hood. This has always been my passion to rap. A while ago, I had signed a contract, and I didn't know nothing about the business or, the, or, or, the, or this game out here. And just right now, I'm realizing that I signed my soul. I, I sold my soul to the devil. I signed myself to the devil. I don't even own myself no more. I don't. I sold my soul to the motherfucking devil, and I done pray. I pray and I pray and I pray. You know, and it's just like I don't know if God can get me out of this. You know, and it's just. It's just like to the point where I don't even know, like I can't, I just want to say I'm sorry to my fans. I know y'all love me. I know y'all believe in me, but I can't, I didn't know what I was doing back then and, and I lost passion. I, I don't even believe that I don't even believe in myself no more because of what I did. I did not know the game was like this and I'm just ready to go back to school. I'm just ready to move away and go to school. I just want to tell everybody I'm sorry. And I, I, you know, I won't be making any more music until I'm out of this contract. And who knows if that'll ever happen? Like, who knows if that could ever happen? I don't know. I don't pray and I don't pray and I don't pray. I don't even know if God can hear me at this point. I just made the biggest mistake that I ever made and I just hope you know if you're an artist if you're an artist make sure you have an attorney to read over your contract and don't let the person that you signed it to pick the attorney don't let them pay for the attorney either because so there you go Aki mm. you know she's in tears upset you know saying she sold her soul to the devil uh Man, you know, I definitely feel her pain, you know what I'm saying, as far as, you know, her the emotional emotional turmoil that she was going through. But uh you know, uh I'm also worried 
about the content that she raps about and also the content in her music videos. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Particularly, I mean, there's a whole lot, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to say it. A lot, whole lot of hood rat, hood rat shit going on in the videos I keep. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah. I, I'm confident in saying that, and you know what I'm saying? If you don't understand that, watch the videos, you're going to see what I'm saying. The first video, you know, and uh, I play a little bit of it. Uh, of course, you you only be able to hear it, but it might be uh, useful for you to understand some of the content. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll kind of pause it and let y'all know exactly what we're looking at as this goes on, right? Suki! Bitch, y'all hoes know my motherfucking name. Suki with the good So we're going to say fair use, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get taken down, whatever. Fair use, fair use. Okay. So they you catch me with your nigga no fucking is my fucking I'm a disrespectful bitch might fucking your house fucking your house they in the middle of the neighborhood right yeah she said I'm a fuck for a perk in a black and mild you know what I'm saying y'all heard the other you know what I'm saying explicit shit she's talking about this which is which is normally I'm I'm not a I'm not you know against explicit lyrics you know what I'm saying it's not yeah. like I'm so hard on that it's just the fact that she has a baby in her arm. It's the image. A baby in her arm while she's saying these things. Babies and strollers as oh, she's yeah, saying these things. Sisters walking. Sisters is twerking. While walking with strollers. Walking by with strollers. Holding kids. Twerking, holding their kids. Broad daylight. Holding their babies. Say for the dirty. <laughs> she said for the... <laughs> She said, she get, this is bad, I keep. One more time. If you catch me with your nigga, no, I'm fucking this mouth. I'm a disrespectful bitch, might fucking your house. Fucking your love, back in the cut, dog. Motherfucking for a perk in a black Fair use. I'm a trifling bitch. So right there, when she says, I'm a trifling bitch, the image on the screen is her twerking. <sighs> On a not what looks to be a nine-year-old boy, between nine and twelve, either way, twerking on him. I'm talking about. I mean, we we we're not just talking about. She got to get so low. It's not. It's not. It's not her hands on her toes. We talking about. It's her. She's been so low. It's like her elbows is on the concrete. And then, like literally, her vagina is in his face. Yes. Yes, Aki. Like, like, like strip club vagina in your face. And, you know, uh, that's sexual assault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of a minor. Yeah, that really is. And because, I mean, I key. And the way he's standing there, he like, I don't want to be here and be dealing with this. Exactly. I'm trying to go to the candy lady and give me. (laughs) It really does look like the boy is not enjoying it. It looks like the boy is not enjoying it. Man. But, uh, of course, it's just a split second, but. The fact that they use that it really show you some shit for real. Mm. I think uh, so. Yeah, I mean, just just imagine me, you know, uh, just imagine me in the music video. I'm an artist. Yeah, I, I'm a male artist. I'm 31. You know what I'm saying? What if I what if I had a nine to 12 year old little black girl? You know what I'm saying? Bent over, twerking. You know what I'm saying? While I'm catching the twerk. You know what I'm saying? And, and not not just that, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, twerking is a very... Sec- I mean, 
it makes a sexual emotion. You and know saying, what I'm saying you a dirty nigga at the same time. I, I, and so I'm gyrating my hips, you know what I'm saying, with her, you know what I'm saying, while I'm saying I'm a dirty nigga. I, I, like, I, I, all, all this shit sound like I should be locked I should, I, I should we be locked up. We gonna beat your ass, Aki. The I, brotherhood is gonna beat your ass. I'm gonna be outcasted from the community. The outcasted from the community and the inner brotherhood, you know you got phone. We gonna beat your ass. I'm gonna get my ass beat a couple times. Before you get there. There's, a, there's multiple male relatives. You know what I'm saying? Different levels to the ass whooping that you deserve for that. But we know in society, that shit wouldn't fly. Your ass would be in jail. Fact. Right now. Matter of fact, you'd have been in jail while shooting the video. But it's okay when it's a black boy. You know what I'm saying? It's so, okay. So this is the the need for black male studies, right? We got to read Tommy Curry's work. We got to read Jim Sedanus. We got to do that work. You know what I'm saying? We got to read Fanon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, because that shows a certain vulnerability, a certain level of neglect. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that boys are coddled. No, a lot of times y'all think it's coddling. It's actually neglect. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And because where is my man? Probably right there. You know what I'm saying. Like she probably in the twerk too. Probably, probably told him. Probably she, like go mu- get in the video. Exactly. Go stand right there. Yeah, stand ah, right there. Hell no, man. That's terrible. That, that's man. that's what it looks like with the boy standing there. He looked like he was looking like, back like, like, toward man, his mom. How like, long I got to do this shit? Yeah, that shit was dirty as hell, bro. And this whole video dirty as fuck. It really is, Aki. Now we late in the podcast. Only true fans are still listening. Nigga, this shit dirty as fuck. Okay, okay. So we seen a lot of things, Aki. So why do so Tar Heel, Tar Heel? Here go to Tar Heel. What is she saying? So this is a crazy part in the video, Aki. (laughs) Oh my god. So that part you just heard, the shot in the video, she's in the barber chair. This is some it takes place in the middle of the street and at a barbershop, right? Yeah. She's got her legs behind her head, damn yeah, near. Like full spread. She's full spread eagle in the barber's chair, pussy out. I mean, she, got, she, she, got, they, she got shorts on. Yeah, but they clipping the they clipping that part. But right. with I mean, when I say that, that's outside the screen. But then they highlight she got her foot. She's she's holding her foot, center frame in the camera, and the foot is dirty. She, I'm talking about, is clearly she she got like whatever she been doing in this barbershop, It wasn't mopped well. <laughs> Maybe she was stepping outside like that. You know what I'm saying? But she got she got like straight up dirt on the foot, and and the the camera the. The frame zooms in and on the dirty feet. And then, Aki. So we, we have that part. So I'll put the pussy on the face, Aki. So right there, right there. What do we just see right there? Why is she saying put the pussy in his face? She's twerking on a man getting a haircut by another woman that's oh twerking. God. Right. And she has a black love... love Tree air freshener. Car air freshener, the, y'all. The car air freshener. You know, all the ones you see in the cutlass. Exactly. She had, she's holding it behind her ass next to her coochie. <laughs> she's holding a, a car air freshener. <laughs> oh, no, my God, man. This is just debauchery. This is so much <laughs> carnality. Oh, wow. Like, oh. Aki, why would you ever... 
put that next. I mean, because what is that symbolizing? You know what I'm saying? My coochie that you need, living foul. My coochie needs some fresh. Man, it. down south, man, we got a term for this, Arkey. And I don't even like saying this term. But they would put her in the category of a DBFB. That stands for dirty back foot bitch. <laughs> like, like. It's, it's on that. Uh, I, I, I don't advocate the term. I'm just saying what? Down in the Queen City, <laughs> where I'm from. They would put that title on her. What the... All the stereotypes, Aki, is in the video. All the stereotypes. And it's full of nothing but women. Like, it ain't like it's dudes in deep numbers co-signing it. The dudes that's in the video is like riding by in the bike. It was shot in the hood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a dude sitting over there in his yard on the grill. You know, and it's like, hey, we finna put you in the video and twerk on you. And they just sitting there twerking on my man while he's sitting on the grill. So, dystopian cooch. Dystopian coochie future. Mm. Yeah. You know, coming of the DBFBs. (laughs) It's bad, you know what I'm saying? And we wouldn't even get on this hard unless if she didn't, you know, do that to that young boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you, you open the door, you know what I'm saying, and we're going to, you know, expose hey, but, that shit. But for me, you know what I got? We just had a video in the beginning of her talking about how she sold her soul to yep. the devil. So that was, remember, she sold, she was crying about selling her soul to the devil two years ago, and she just came out with that song with this imagery. And, it, and I mean, th- I mean hey, there's another bad video, Aki. Yeah, I don't know if we need to play that one right there. No, we ain't going to play it. I'll mention it. Food, but that's, yeah, Food Stamp Ho. Food Stamp Ho. Now, we've seen that video, and and, and and that just is... We don't need to play it, but, man, the, the image... Yeah, quick description. She's playing a prison guard. You know what I'm saying? So th- think about why I'm saying dystopian. We're talking about where this, the black dystopia is us living in a society where we're so colonized that we colonize, you know what I'm saying? We enforce the colonization on ourselves. Yeah. There's a class of black people that enforce it on us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in this video, Sukiyana, a black woman, is joined by Saucy Santana, a black gay man. Yeah. Uh, if he's trans, if they're trans, my apologies. Yeah. Uh, a black queer individual, Saucy Santana, also influencer, very spicy mm. black gay man, yeah. from my perception. I could be wrong. Yeah. At least he looked like that on the video. Right, right. So, uh... And I mean, he, you know, he he got the cut off shorts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, makeup on, doing his doing, getting his twerks on too. You know what I'm saying? But uh, the so the plot of the video is Sukiana's on the horse, and uh, and who is who are they guarding in the prison, or what are they doing in the prison? Guarding it's, black slaves, black black prisoners, black male prisoners, black male prisoners. So you have a bunch of niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and their prison guards is Sukiana, a hypersexual black woman, and Saucy Santana. You know what I'm saying? And to some extent, a hypersexual black male. Saucy Santana shoots the shotgun to scare the black prisoners, right? Because yeah. they're trying to—they're actually plotting escape from the prison. Yeah. If you watch the video and listen to what they're saying, mm-hmm. they're plotting rebellion. They're plotting escape. Hey, but you forgot—you forgot this one. The master quote is: Saucy Santana says, "Girl, I don't even know why you got us out here," and she says. You know why we out here so we can pay for these surgeries. Yeah, for the, talking about for new titties, new BBLs. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> these so, surgeries, so Saucy Santana shoots the shotgun. 
Sukiana falls off the horse and wins a settlement from right. her job, and a newspaper article got her on the front page, and it says, guard uses $100,000 settlement to uh, for new surgeries, for, for plastic surgery. And then the rest of the video is cut between them patrolling these prisoners and also the shot of the plastic surgery office. Where she, she's getting, like, marked up for yeah. surgery and all of that. Her titties out. She only got Band-Aids over the titties. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This is just right on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, it's it's twerking all through the video. Yeah. It ain't it ain't Sukihana if it ain't got twerking in it. I hadn't seen. We went. We had to look. You know, we, we doing our research for the show, so we looked through about two, three videos. It was consistent twerking from the beginning to the end. She does a lot of cover songs. It's like she... Remakes a lot of songs, like cover songs, remix songs and stuff. So, yeah, it was a lot so, of uh, the debauchery going off and, in that. And again, Sukiyana sold her soul to a white television production company. And what do they produce? Reality TV shows. Yeah, see, I'm glad for your pacificness, but I'm just going to go old-fashioned. Elijah Muhammad told you who the devil was. She said she sold her soul to the devil. And that's who exactly she sold her goddamn soul to, the devil. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's an institution, probably got some black folks working in it, but it's ran by white folks. Crazy as shit. Now you out here putting out this shit? She said she sold her soul. In other words, I sold my personality, my character. They own me. I got to go out here and do this music. I got to give y'all this debauchery. I don't really want to, but I got to. Matter of fact, now it may be to the point where, shit, I'm going to go ahead and buy a hole into it. And the point of all this, Aki, we cannot conform. Because, yeah, I think this society is empowering that display. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This society is empowering it with their dollars, yeah. with their with their platforming of it. Mm -hmm. And... Theoretically, it's read as empowering yeah. by, you know, third and fourth... I don't, I don't know the fourth way. I know third-way feminism, you know what I'm saying, is, is big on sexual liberation. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you got to think. So, it's read as empowerment, the fact that somebody like Sukiyana is now monetizing her sexuality. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She's she seizing her... Se this is the, the feminist re reading of it, right? Yeah. She's seizing her sexuality from it just being controlled by this, you know, bland-ass and incorrect white feminist analysis of patriarchy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where she's seizing it from the potential patriarchal control of her sexuality that takes place in the traditional marriage and family yeah. setup. That's the white feminist, you know, uh, analysis of the situation, right? Yeah. But see, Franz Fanon also mentions, mentions this, and it's in the book A Dying Colonialism. Mm -hmm. In the first chapter is Algeria Unveiled. He said that, like we said, the first act of warfare is the uh, colonizer turning black women against black men, colonized women against the men of their community. And mm -hmm. part of the delusion that they implant in the women's minds is the fact that the African man is going to demonetize them, mm -hmm. right? So we're seeing this play out, Aki. Yeah, you know what I'm saying in the discourse and how it, the it, the uh, it's manifesting within the culture. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it, we don't even have a real useful language as a collective to critique that. You know what I'm saying in a ways that by the discourse, the discursive regime aren't read as old and patriarchal and toxic. I, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I'm like this. I hadn't even heard too many sisters or women even come out and speak out about this, which shows that silence 
type thing that they have going on. Um, I would think ladies would be out here taking, you know, and taking a stance against this more than the men. I even sort of looked at it, too. When we looked at those videos, we didn't see many men in them. If there was men, I think it was a lot of the same men. Yeah, it was like the same men, one person. I think she was shooting a lot of stuff with her uh, boyfriend at the time, which is still like, ugh. Oh, there's a lot of lost brothers out there, uh, as we know. You know what I'm saying? So She displayed the dirty back feet. <laughs> the Tar Heels. <laughs> that, she no, I'm not even for the disrespect. The UNC, University of North Carolina Tar Heels. By associ- I'm not going to associate them two because they are winners. She might be an Atlanta and Miami artist, but she got them Carolina Tar Heels. Man, man, that's terrible right there. Like, she's been walking around in West Virginia tar mines and shit. Just, just. <laughs> <laughs> them, them feet was looking rugged. I mean, first of all, you in a barbershop, so you already know what's on the floor. Hair. You up in the barbershop is hair, so you got hair, dirt, from the outside on your feet, you just hope she had it held up and displayed with pride. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot. You was you was giving a boy a coochie shot in the face, and you did it with pride. It's some dystopian coochie, Aki. Dystopian coochie future is coming. I mean, this is wild right here, man. You know, we got to get better folks. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, you know, I, I feel a certain way because she was, you know, she was rapping. And then, you know, people going to then associate that with, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I can't. We know. So we don't associate that. We did make that. we making that official. We don't associate that with hip hop. Right. And we also don't associate that with the majority of black women. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, it, it is a, it's, it's concerning because there's a growing trend that is, you know, uh, affecting some women to act a similar type of way. But it's also influencing women to accept and see the world in ways that are not uh, good for them I or mean, their community. I mean, you know I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, there's a lot. I, I feel like where that's going to probably get the most support is not in the street that she did it in. But at any college campus that got black folk in it, I mean, you know what I'm saying that that's where you're gonna find the most support for some of this uh, ridiculous. I shit. mean, it was a lady, and she looked like she was in her 20s, and she commented on it, and she said that the video was lit. Hell no, hell no. She said it was lit, like with, with hellfire. Yeah, just like booty shaking. Like when I say it's booty shaking from every, it's so much twerking, like twerking. Can it, they finna try to make it an ancestral dance? I'm telling you, bro, for real. They finna try. This African American. Hey, we've been twerking. We twerk at every event. I did. You know this. They're this, known for twerking. I didn't have my 30s moment until we watched them videos together. <laughs> I'm so serious. Yeah. I'm so serious. Like this is just what is like, going on out here, bro. <laughs> th- that's where I st- I took a new step in my ma- in my oh. masculinity. It matured a bit because it was just like I'm turning off all. You know, sensual type of reception yeah. of the ass shaking. Because, of course, there is a part of me that's like, damn. I mean, the asses was big in there. That's a lot of ass. Yeah, we wouldn't do so. But that's so much ass that it's like, that's too much ass. But let alone, it was just, ugh. that I, I can't, I can't rightly say it was too much ass, but I can say 
<laughs> it, was, it, it was unneeded ass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was it was ass in the with in the, the wrong energy behind there, it. There you go. It was like, man, I was like, yo, I mean, you know, it wasn't that it was bad looking sisters in the video. It was just the behavior of the sisters was like. This is a step too far. <laughs> like, yeah, this is like, yeah, this is it. This is like, this is too far. Like, and uh, and of course, you know what I'm saying. The the assault of the boy, you know what I'm saying, is a uh, is what what already made it too far. You know yeah, what I'm saying. Like, so it it definitely led to a, a reassessment of things. I think that traumatized the boy. You sit there giving this. Whether you got to think, we don't even have some of the language that we need to talk about it because I mean. It it I, I was it triggered him sexually in a way that that blackmail vulnerability that might look the the sexual trigger of that might be pleasurable you know what I'm saying but is it good for the the boy's future and and, and his development I mean you gotta think if you get turned on sexually at too young of an age that is your focus you know what I'm saying because we react to that type of shit you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that's that, that like uh. Those processes used to be more sacred. Yeah. The processes around... Like, all his innocence was just taken all in that. Exactly. Like, all the innocence as a nine-year-old boy who probably out here, you know, playing video games, shooting basketball. Ain't no no reason a nine-year-old boy needs to know what coochie smells like. And that amount of ass and just knowing Sukiyana... First of all, what coochie smells like that also had a black love... Car air freshener hanging next to right, it. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I wouldn't say that about just anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, most women is keeping it fresh. They're doing what they got to do. Most women keeping up for TV, yeah, yeah. But Sukiyana, I'm not, like, no, no. Like, like, nah, like, like, you did this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was you. Like, this at, was you. I'm actually troubled, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real. Bro, when we seen this, me and him had a moment. Now, I'm in my 30s. He just coming in. We had a moment, bro. Like, a real, like. Like a real like, damn! This like a realization. This is what it is. Like, this is what's popping in the streets now. Is this with this with us? Like all the carnality. That's the word carnality. Like that means all the base instincts. You talking about fucking for a perk and a black. And yet we said it before. Alma Cargabra said, "Your your propensity for rebellion for resistance." can be measured by the distance between your culture and your oppressor's culture. You know what I'm saying? Your capability for resistance is measured by the difference in cultures. You know what I'm saying? This hypersexualization, this commodification of sex is our oppressor's culture. Bro, that's and that, that's the lie about it. People want to make these illusory references to Africa. You know what I'm saying? This ain't, We're not living in Africa. You know what I'm saying? And you ain't read enough about it to, to make the claims that you're making. No, nah, that's savagery. Right. See, and when a woman, in in in, in ancient in in old back in the days, there was times where I at, at paramount amounts of survival, ladies leveraged their sex, right? You know, um, and the ability to procreate with men. But it was based in those high levels of survival. We talking about out on the savanna type shit. Society is different. Totally different. Mm-hmm. But we're in a, a, what they would call a, a civilized, I don't really like that word, society. First world country. You don't have to fuck for a perk in a black mouth. 
But what it says is that somebody's an addict. Because mm-hmm. if you fuck for a perk, that's just like somebody fucking for a crack rock. Yes. So you fucking for a perk. You know, you're an addict. You got a baby on your hip. That just showing like straight. And we know you got kids. So I don't know if that was your child. I mean, that's, I mean, we could, our key. She's saying I fucked for a perk in a black and mild with a baby. It looked like a baby girl she was holding. Yeah, beautiful little baby girl too. That is sickening. You know what I'm saying? Terrible, man. So Just like, like my, my biggest point here, Aki, you know what I'm saying, is the political revolution that we want to see black people experience and go through, organize, you know, carry out is not going to be separate from a cultural revolution. Man, you got to have that, because that's all values. And like, how you going to go around your granny? We got to, there got to be, there got to be standards and principles related to that. You know what I'm saying? How it, you going to go around your mama? Yeah, I seen your daughter video. Yeah, she was twerking. Or... How do you talk about that? Or your, how do you, how do you, what do you do with your son when he comes home and he says, Mama, the boys at school were saying, you busted open on OnlyFans. And they showed me. <sighs> Sex shouldn't be no commodity. And don't let technology fool your ass. You know what I'm saying? They gonna use that technology to uh, confuse us. And we seen it, y'all. So, uh, I mean... Definitely coming to that time for us, Aki. We, we yeah. said we we're gonna go short, but we had such a good conversation and went long. Hey, got a lot of topics. Hell yeah! So, uh, anything you want to uh, leave us off with? Don't fall for the debauchery. You know, pray for those lost souls that was taken this week, and uh, stay alive and stay out the burning house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prepare your exit. There you go. Now's the time. All right, peace, everybody. Peace.